Welcome to episode 9 of the Disruptive Social Skills Podcast by Life Confident, where we focus on melting away shyness and social anxiety, building skyscraper confidence, and developing cloud-bursting social skills. I'm your host, Richard Gray, and today's topic is the four magic conversation starter questions, guaranteed to spice up any date. So, here's the thing. You could go on the internet right now and with a simple search, bring up hundreds of conversation starter question examples. But many will stall a conversation rather than firing it up, especially if you don't use them properly. Now, the four question sequence that I'm going to reveal in this episode will pack more firepower than all those others put together. Now, that's a quite a big claim, so let's see if you agree by the end of this episode. So, conversations with new people can be a very anxious experience, especially when you want to make a good impression. So it's important to begin by distinguishing the difference between an icebreaker question or an icebreaker statement and a conversation starter. So let's rewind right to the beginning of a conversation or a first meeting and take a fly-on-the-wall overview. If you're approaching a stranger at a function or a social event, on a night out, etc., then you wouldn't be jumping in with a conversation starter such as, so what for you is the most annoying habit somebody can have? No, in real life, what you're really going to say is something boring such as, hi, great weather we're having, or the flower arrangements are really stunning, or some other mundane, superficial observation based on the environment that you're in. And that's okay. Icebreakers will usually be closed questions that can be answered with a single word response. They're only meant to let the other person know that you're open for talking, not to showcase your interestingness. We can get more interesting a little bit later on if things progress and the other person is open for talking and getting to know you a little bit, etc. So let's fast forward beyond that first exchange and say you're now on a first date. You really want to give your best impression by making some sparkling conversation. So at this point, there's going to be two big fears. First is the spectre of the awkward silence. Second is the spectre of coming across as being boring. Now the ice has already been broken. So you pull the trigger on one of those conversation starters you memorised from the internet. Let's try our earlier example and see how it works now. So what for you is the most annoying habit someone can have? Answer version one. Your date replies that she doesn't like people who pick their nose in public. Discreetly, you return your hand to the table and furiously think about how you're going to respond. But your mind is blank, so the conversation stalls. Answer version two. Your date gives the same answer, but then she bounces that same question back to you. Now, did you think that far ahead and prepare your own answer? You may have several pet peeves, so you share one. She nods her head disinterestedly, and the conversation cries to a halt. The first problem is talking about bad habits, which sets a negative tone and creates negative images in your date's mind. 
The second problem, you didn't put any threads into your reply. So your date has nowhere to go with your response. For example, let's say that your pet peeve is men dressing badly. But if you really want this conversation topic to go somewhere, then you'll need to give your date something to work with, such as giving some examples. Let's try the answer again. I don't like when men dress badly, especially when they're abroad and acting as ambassadors for their own country. Or take Adam Sandler, for instance. He wears shorts and a t-shirt at film premieres and award ceremonies when all the other actors have made an effort, and I really don't like that. Now, you've had a bit of a rant, but at least you added some threads into your reply that your date could tug on, such as the man abroad angle, the Adam Sandler angle. However, any conversation starter that sets you off on a rant is probably not a good one. That's not to say there aren't good conversation starters out there, but you need to make sure that A, your conversation topics have a positive tone, B, you're prepared for answering the same question yourself, and C, your reply gives the other person something to work with. The Four Magic Question Sequence takes the whole conversation opener proposition to a new, more powerful level. The only risk of using these is maybe peaking too early, peaking with interestingness. So it may be savvy to save them until you've ordered dinner and you've got a glass of wine and your data's mellowed out a little bit. So next, I'll present you with the four magic question sequence and invite you to note your own answers before going any further. That way, when you compare your own answers to the meanings behind the questions, you will then use them yourself with more authenticity. Why? Because you will become a believer in the eerie accuracy of the meanings to each question. So if you're driving, I don't know if you'd like to pause and save this part of the podcast for a time when you can note down your own answers, or whether you just want to make a mental note of your own answers. But either way, do so. Answer each question to your own satisfaction. Pause after each question and think about your own response. And if you can, note it down. Okay, so question one. Imagine you're in a white room. Everything around you is white. How do you feel? Now, think about that answer, your own answer for that. And then we'll move on to question two. So, question two. What is your favourite colour? How does it make you feel when you think of that colour? Okay, have you got something in mind? Let's move on. Question three. What is your favourite animal? And what qualities do you see it as having? You may need to think about that answer a little bit longer. I don't know. Everyone's different. But as soon as you've got something in mind, let's move on to question four. You're on the beach. No one else is around and the ocean is in front of you. What do you do? If you plan to use these questions yourself, which I hope you do, because they're extremely powerful, then it's important that you do answer them for yourself before you look at the meanings. Have you done that? Great. Let's now look at those meanings. 
meaning to question one. Let's just review the question, which was, imagine that you're in a white room. Everything around you is white. How do you feel? So the meaning to this question is that it signifies how the other person feels about death, dying and mortality. Now, personally, I don't know how appropriate that is for a first date. That's a judgment call for you. You may use all these questions in one long sequence, or you may just chop them up and spread them throughout the date. It's entirely up to you how you use these questions. So one more time, you've asked your date. Imagine you're in a white room. Everything around you is white. How do you feel? The meaning to the answer signifies how they're going to feel about death, dying and mortality. Okay, moving on to question two, which was, what is your favourite colour? And how does it make you feel when you think of it? The answer, or the meaning behind the answer, signifies how the other person sees themselves, how they feel about themselves. Now here's a good example of the answer and the meaning behind the answer. When I once asked this question to somebody, they replied with, their favourite colour was green, and it made them feel fresh when they thought of it. So, this basically is how they feel about themselves. They feel that they're fresh. They're a fresh character, a fresh personality. You see how the meaning works. So, on to question three. What was your favourite animal, and what qualities do you see it as having? The meaning behind this question, or the answer to this question, signifies how the other person's friends view them. So, We're moving on from how they see themselves to how their friends see them. So, for example, you might say that, for instance, your favourite animal is a koala bear and you see its qualities as being cuddly or loyal or something like that. And this is how their friends would view them. Cuddly and loyal. That's that's very nice. Okay, that's good qualities. Question four was, you're on a beach, no one else is around and the ocean is in front of you. Now, what do you do? The answer to this question, or the meaning to the answer, signifies how the person views love. So they might respond and say, well, the ocean is in front of me, I just dive straight in. And that's how they would view love. That's how they would embrace it, they would dive straight in. Or they might say, well, I just lay back and enjoy the breeze and and catch some sun. So they take a more laid-back approach to love and just view it and see how it progresses, perhaps. Now you're seeing the significance and, and, and the deeper character personality being revealed behind the meaning of each question. So, pause again right now and just... See how your own response has resonated with the meanings. It's going to become quite apparent how much personal information the other person is unwittingly revealing about themselves with just the slightest bit of bit of interpretation, which is where you can have a little bit of fun with these questions and, and interpret them between you and, and, and compare notes and have a little bit of the debate on what the meaning actually is behind them. That is, of course, if your date chose to play along. Now, an ethical consideration here. Until you reveal the meanings behind each question, your date will still be in the dark about 
Where are you going with these questions? They'll be a little bit intrigued, a little bit curious, and in the palm of your hand, figuratively speaking, of course. Now, when you reveal the meaning to each question, they will be wowed. They will be a little bit shocked. They will be quite surprised by just how much information they've revealed about the character. As I'm sure you will understand if, if you came up with your own answers and then you compared them to the meanings. The information they're revealing may well not be something that they, they were ready to reveal if you were just asked the question outright. So, how do you feel about love? They might not be ready to answer that question if you just directly answered it. So, with that in mind, you should always be upfront and open that the answers they give are likely to reveal deep character insights. Now, in all probability, they will not really believe you or their curiosity will overcome their reluctance or their reticence. Either way, you cannot later be accused of not giving them fair warning. And now the conversation is war and multiple lines of conversation have been opened up. So a final note here, the best conversations always take place on a level playing field. So be sure to share with your date how you responded to these questions when you first heard them here. Thank you for listening. This has been the Disruptive Social Skills Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere that brilliant and wonderful podcasts can be found, so you don't miss the next episode. To find out more about Life Confidence World exclusive programs, such as the Small Talk Master Keys program, which you definitely want to have in your mental toolbox if you're going on dates, visit lifeconfident.com. Thanks for listening. I've been Richard Gray, and you've been amazing.